You can start whenever you're ready, Zachary. All right. Welcome back to the Professional Amateurs Podcast. Today we have our first guest for everybody, and it is Ryan Zimmerman. Ryan is a professional baseball player. He plays for the Milwaukee Milkmen in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Ryan is from Eden Prairie, Minnesota, and he played his college ball at St. Thomas University. And uh, he's here to talk to us about whatever we want to know. <laughs> yeah, what we want to know. It's not about you. It's not about, it's about me us. at all. Yeah, it's about us. I guess we're, what we really want to know is we're going to talk to him about his baseball experience and his career thus far and, and what his journey has been through the game and um, what kind of lessons he's learned from the game of baseball so far in his life through four years of college baseball, six years of pro ball now. And, um, yeah, and we'll dig into that. And if we find anything interesting, we'll dig a little farther. So what did I miss, Ryan? Did, are there, is there anything about your background that's important? I did get all that right, yeah, right? Yeah, no, that's all right. Um, yeah, in terms of general background, that's about right. Um, Eden Prairie, graduated there in 2014, um, then went to St. Thomas, um, played there until 2018, and then have been in pro ball since then. So my first three years of pro ball was with uh, the St. Paul Saints, and then I am now going into my third year with the um, Milwaukee Milkmen. So all in the same league. It's called the American Association. Um, and yeah, it's a pretty good run. Yeah. So yeah, and for those of you who don't know, <laughs> there are professional <coughs> baseball leagues that are not affiliated with the big league teams that you know. So mm -hmm. there are, are how many? Are there's three. There's three different. I mean, leagues. there's a ton. Um, there's there's a few. There are um, three like reputable leagues. Yeah, there's yeah. a few that are a little highly or more highly regarded than some others, but there's a ton of leagues um, that you can start your career in. Um, but in terms of like established leagues, um, yeah, I would say there's there's three three good ones that guys try to make their way into. It's like the Atlantic. Yeah, so the American. The American and the Atlantic are a little bit more experienced, and then the Frontier yep. um, is is more for younger guys but even that one has been getting a little more experience the last few years so well, i yeah. saw like the good. frontier league will even run like open tryouts which yeah. i mean is kind of sick like if you're a guy who's just drilling away in the mm -hmm. like just grinding away and you're like yeah let's just see yeah. what i got and yeah. then but then that gives you like perspective which mm -hmm. to that point that's kind of the reason we we brought ryan on is that we you know like zach and i have played at two different levels of college baseball and then We've been part of baseball since we've been done, and even since before that, my dad was a 20-year Division One coach, JUCO, like all of it. And then we brought Ryan on because it's just like I think Zach and I think that it's valuable to have this perspective for guys or whoever's listening to this that think that you, you know, that it's like, oh, you make it to pro ball, it's easy, you know, like <laughs> you could do it, and yeah. it's it's not though like the the track is so different and ryan even was at st thomas when it was a d3 mm -hmm. yeah so that, that just occurred to me this is perfectly on brand for us yeah. because this was unintentional but we have three people in the room who played at all three levels of ncaa baseball yeah. yep. you played division one I, I played division two and you played division three and the beautiful irony of this is that there's one guy who's playing professional baseball and it ain't you and, and, it I. Ain't you and I. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy, the guy I, that, at the relative lowest i'm using air quotes right now you can't see it yeah um the but, relative lowest level is the dude in the room right now who throws the hardest currently mm -hmm. and is still playing throw, pro ball he yeah. also is the smallest guy in the room yeah 
He's the least handsome, though. I agree. <laughs> I agree. So when you He's were, the most talented, like, that's for sure. To that point, like, so that, that's something that I beat my head against the wall all the time when I'm helping high school kids start their, their search to, like, try to find a college to play ball at, something they want to pursue. I literally had, like, every year there's always one kid who will say something completely idiotic. And it is the if I don't if I can't play Division One baseball, I'm just gonna quit and go to regular college. Right. And I'm like, you're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and and they'll, and I'll be like, why? And they're like, well, I don't want to like only play D three. And I'll explain to them like, hey pal, you're you're gonna be crying when if tears of joy when you commit to a Division three college in a year from now because yeah. you're gonna wake up to the reality of this. You know, when you were. You graduated high school in 2014, so you and I are almost the same age. And I, I remember when we were coming out of high school, that attitude definitely existed back then, too. I mean, people yeah. were kind of like, oh, yeah, he's going to play at St. John's. That's cute, you know. Did you feel like <laughs> – did you feel like that was happening when you went to St. Thomas? Yeah, kind of give us a little, sure. like, the skinny, like, your process of how you ended up at St. Mm-hmm. Thomas. For sure. Um, so I guess, like, <clears throat> growing up, I was always decent at baseball. Like, I was always on good teams and, you know, made my way up and played a little bit growing up in youth leagues and stuff like that. But I was never anything special. And then uh, my sophomore year of high school just kind of suddenly just – grew up a little bit and started immediately throwing harder and um, having success and started playing on the Legion team and then the varsity team the next year. Um, so it kind of just like jumped out of nowhere for me. And that's that that was the year that I started thinking like maybe I can um, do something after, after high school with this. Um, but in terms of that process, that you're exactly right. Like that mindset, it was still um, – the main thing back then like oh I have to go to the biggest school I have to go D1 um, and I thought the the same exact thing um, so I started getting recruited a little bit my junior year um, I started off doing pretty well started getting calls a um, handful of schools all over the place um, mostly like mid I would say mid-major D1s um, St. Thomas obviously saw me throw some other schools and then I actually, I look back at it now, and I, I lucked out that I actually got hurt. Um, so I tore my labrum my junior year, just a slap tear. So I didn't have to have surgery, thankfully, because that's an absolute mess. Um, so sidebar, just for anyone listening at home, the success rate for labrum surgery is still only like 70, 30. Yeah, it's so terrible. It's not good. So like, it's terrible. Se- like the fact that you get a full shoulder repair and only 70% of dudes get back to even relatively close to what they were before or yeah. improve is bad. The, the tragedy yeah. of it is that sometimes guys will, they'll start throwing again and it won't be painful to throw anymore, mm-hmm. but their performance will suffer. Right. Yep. I've seen yeah. guys go from throwing low 90s to high 70s. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, when, and like well, it doesn't hurt anymore now, but I can't throw yeah. hard anymore. Whereas so like TJ is like almost 100%. Right. After you can get to do it like five times and you can get it right. Either way, that yeah. was just a quick, quick sidebar of yeah. how lucky that is. Yeah, that's a, it's a scary yeah. one. So the fact that I didn't have to have surgery was super lucky and great, but it also, I they were super clear about that stuff to me then, which uh, obviously is I'm thankful for, because it forced me to sh- completely shut down for the rest of the year, didn't do anything, didn't, didn't play at all, um, 
and I was a two-way guy at that point, so I was like, I'm gonna hit, and I'm gonna <laughs> like keep doing stuff. And they were like, you should not, you can, but you shouldn't. And so, whatever. So I shut it down, um, and basically that process uh, got all these schools that showed a little bit of interest in me and were like, hey, you could come in and play eventually. All these bigger schools, um, they basically filled up their recruiting boards that year while I was out. And then um, when I came back from my senior year, completely healthy, thankfully, and, and you know had a good year and all that stuff, and thought I was going to have the same options that I was starting to have the year before, and it just that just wasn't reality. So um, at that point, it was like St. Thomas was still there because he had seen me throw before and after. He liked what he saw, and then I was bouncing back and forth between some JUCOs at that point or walking on at the U of M. What was your... <clears throat> what was your velo at this point, my senior year? Um, my senior year was like mid, uh, uh, probably like mid to upper 80s, and yeah. my junior year was the same. I actually didn't really pitch that much my senior year. Um, I was closing, kind of, and just playing middle infield. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, at that point, that was a whole nother discussion. Was I, I thought at that point that I wanted to play the field instead, <laughs> even though I was better at pitching. Right. So that was an internal battle throughout college and everything. But I think there's a, there's an important point that you kind of glossed over a little too. Is St. Thomas was the school that got to see you play multiple times. Right. And that's that's the re a lot of people go to college to play sports close to home, and it's not because they like don't want to be far from their mom. It's not because they like are scared to go far away. It's because those are the coaches that can see you play two, three, four, five, six times. Yeah. You know, especially if you're playing Legion. I mean, now kids travel all over to play their summer baseball, which is things have changed a little bit. But if you were playing Legion, I mean, do you remember the, what was it called? The Gopher State mm -hmm. Legion tournament? Mm -hmm. and uh, that was like the Gopher the biggest, Classic. Yeah, yeah it that still was the goes biggest on. Yeah. Like, was recruiting opportunity because all the coaches would come and watch it because mm -hmm. it was conveniently where all the players were. Right. Yep. So, like, that's, that, that's big. And then, yeah, I mean, every pitcher wants to be a hitter and every hitter thinks he can pitch. <laughs> you know, I, I, I went through a similar battle coming out of of, of high school. There was a, several schools that wanted me to pitch, and I'm like, I'm going to hit bombs in college. You can't <laughs> yeah. you so. can't tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I actually did get one. I tell everybody, any chance I get, I got one college bomb. My first A-B, I hit a bomb, and I will never, I'll never forget it. Love. Like, I, I can't not tell people that. That's so. incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, anyway, so um, basically the fact that all these other schools filled up their boards, it was no longer an option, obviously helped me make a, make a decision. I didn't have as many options to go through. So it was either go, go JUCO and see what you can get or um, go to the school that showed you interest before, stayed around through your full year injury, still wants you, and is still telling you that you'll probably play at least three years, probably four, if, if you obviously perform. Um, so that was a big thing for me. I didn't really care about the location. It, it was nice that it was close, but it, it didn't really matter to me. Just wanted to play. I just wanted to play. Um, and pro ball wasn't really a thought in my mind at that point. I didn't know what I was going to turn into. Um, so yeah, I just chose the one that I he told me I was going to play, and he didn't give me any bullshit about it. I, I showed up and Earn the, earn the time that I got, so, yeah. And did you end up playing, like, more or less right away? Did you get some time your freshman year? Yeah, I, I got a little bit of time. I pitched a little bit. I hit a little bit. Um, not a ton, but I, it was all all deserved, uh, what I got, so. Yeah. Um, 
and then my sophomore year is when I started playing all the time. So, mm. yeah. Now, how long did it take before you started to feel like professional baseball was like a real possibility? Did it did it occur to you while you were still at St. Thomas, or did you finish and you were kind of like, I don't want to be done. I'm going to see what I can d make happen here. It was a little bit of both. Um, so I I played two years in the in the Northwoods League in mm. in college. So I I went from my small D3 school where we're just playing small Minnesota schools to playing all these D1 kids from Texas and UCLA and all this stuff. And I had success in that league where I was like, oh, it's the gap isn't actually as big because unless you until you see it, you have no idea. You're like, oh, I'm, I'm at this small D3 school. Yeah, like, I think that's these like, kids are light years ahead of where I'm at. Dude, but especially it, in like not to, but like especially in the Northwoods League, like we know this, like the gap between those dudes and like good D3 dudes, like not all D3 dudes, right? Like not all players even, right? Like even there are yeah. bad D1 dudes that are Well, just the, there. the biggest difference between the levels, I think in my experience, it seems is depth. I yeah, think that, sure. you know, the top, your starting nine and your top pitchers at a division three college could be plugged into many, many division one colleges and play a viable role for 100%. Sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. The difference is that the bottom is yeah. usually worse than the bottom at a Division One college, mm -hmm. but the, the thing is, the bottom isn't getting any playing time in either case, right? Really right? And the bottom at a Division One <laughs> is usually worse than the best at Division Three. Hundred percent. And that's what it, yeah. other people, when I say that the difference is depth, I think people sometimes hear like, "Oh, well, the worst Division One players are like those D three guys." That's not what I'm saying, no. yeah. right? A lot of times, guys sort of like shoehorn their way onto a roster because they are sold out with the idea that they have to play division one college. Mm -hmm. So they'll go and they'll find a way to get on that roster. And it'll be the attitude like you mentioned earlier, the coach will be like, yeah, I mean, I guess you can come here and play if you, if you want to try, you know, sure. Yeah. I'll give you a Jersey and an apartment, you know, <laughs> exactly. like if no scholarship money, <laughs> <laughs> you know, no scholarship money. You're going to, you know, I'll, I'll see what I can do academically. Oh, you're a good student. You're going to raise the, Team GPA. That's yeah. it. Right. Well, that's, welcome, welcome to the team, that fella. Was like all of our. That's basically what I got from the Gophers, and mm -hmm. I, at the time I was like actually considering it, and I'm like obviously now I'm so thankful it didn't happen. But, but they were either but way. Were like, you go to the Northwoods League, right? Yeah. And you're like you realize you're like oh, so that, I could do this. Yeah. So that was the first time I had an opportunity to see that the the gap is not that big, and so when I competed with them, obviously that gave me a huge amount of confidence in like what I could what I could do because I, I guess you don't really know until you do it mm -hmm. no, it's um, so, true. so once I did that um, I started thinking like oh like I'll go like this is going to give me confidence I'm going to go have a really good year back at St. Thomas so that was going into my junior uh, yeah after my sophomore year was my first year in the Northwoods so I had a good year my junior year, and then I think after after that and then going back to the Northwoods I was like well all these guys are talking about like the next level now um, and so that's when I was like, well, if they're going to do it and I'm competing with them, like maybe there's an, there, there's an opportunity somewhere for me to, for me to keep playing. So yeah, I'd say my junior year of college was when I started thinking like, maybe I'll see if I can see what I can do basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now how much, how much of an attitude of one thing that we talk about, uh, at max strength sometimes is the, the plan, you know, you'll hear, <clears throat> let me frame it like this. You'll hear parents talk to kids about a plan B, right? They'll say like, you should pursue your dream, but you need to make sure that you have a plan B to fall back on if it doesn't work out. Mm -hmm. 
one thing that we like to say is it's not a plan B. What you're doing is you're just learning from the game, from your experience, you, with the awareness that it's going to end at some point no matter what. Even yeah. if you achieve your dream, which might be playing in the big leagues, even if you do that and you do it for 15 seasons, which would be an incredibly successful career, yeah. you are going to spend many more years of your life as a former baseball player. Right. Right? Like, if, you're, if you play 15 years in the big leagues, there's a good chance you're retiring at, like, 37. And if you live till you're 80, well, hell, man, that's a lot of time <laughs> as a regular person, right? So, and, and that's what people, I think, what people mean when they say plan B. But what I think this, the dangerous psychology of the plan B thing is if you start devoting a lot of energy towards a quote-unquote plan, like a plan B, like I'm really going to try to make this thing happen, it's it's you have a finite amount of energy right so right. like Dude. when you, when you started to get in when you finished your degree which by the way as an as an aside i don't think i've ever even asked you this what did you get a degree in um it was technically financial management from st thomas okay so finance degree yeah sure yeah so when you finished that how much was your psychology on the end of the spectrum of burn the ships fuck it, I'm going to make it work no matter what. <laughs> I'm going to play, I'm going to play pro ball. Yeah. And how how far, like, where were you along, if that's one end of the spectrum, and the other end of the spectrum is like, I'm just going to see if this, if it works out, you know, and if it yeah. doesn't, it's okay. Like, where were you along that spectrum? I guess I was, uh, I was probably more towards fuck it, let's just see what happens. Yeah. Um, but not completely. Yeah. So it's it was is the same as the Northwoods. Like it's this like unknown. Like you really don't know what's what's gonna happen. And when I got there, I was really nervous and terrified and like whatever. Um, so thankfully, I I got a call like right after graduation. Um, I actually got two calls from two different teams. But the fact that it was right after graduation didn't give me any time to. Like even think like about it, think really. about going somewhere else in the meantime. Love that. Um, it was like, hey, do you want to come try out? And I was like, yes. So I didn't even think about doing something else. And I wasn't. I guess the only thing that made me commit to it was I wasn't looking for jobs d during school either, because I had talked to my coach about it, and he was like, oh, I, I know some coaches. Like you, you, you'll at least get a tryout. So I was like, all right, I'm not gonna. I won't even look for a job. So I guess in that sense, I was like ship sailed I'm I'm fucking going <laughs> um so yeah at that time it was just like an unknown thing I was like I'm I'm gonna go for it and then if it doesn't work out I'll figure it out after um so yeah I guess I just had that same conversation with one of our guys here the other day and he's he's a lefty that's already been up to 90 and he hasn't been like healthy healthy in a while and he's like kind of meandering through this like injury and I kind of had the cock I'm like what do you want to do man I was like, do you want to play pro ball? Like, would you like to? And he goes, yes. And I said, okay, well, then here's where you're at. And I kind of asked him, I was like, well, what's your degree track? And he goes, well, I'm going to be there five years anyway. I was like, take a red shirt. I was like, it's an easy decision, right? Because then you get time to, like, mm -hmm. work on your craft and, like, do what you're – and this is another kid. He's like, he's, he's got a good brain. Like, he's going to come out and he's going to be fine. Like, yeah. you know, there you've played – I'm sure you've played long enough in pro ball now, and we've met, you know – hundreds of dudes who played pro ball and it's like there's such a big delineation between the guys who say like like you said fuck it let's go <laughs> and don't have like any skills or anything for the backside yeah so they're like just praying that they're gonna 
get lucky enough to like make it out of the independent league or like you know and then get to a pro contract and then hang on long enough that they like figure something out but it's like if the really hard thing is sometimes the truth is Mm -hmm. that's what it takes Oh yeah, you but, know. But and the then, thing is, like, th- what I'm saying is, like, there is a big difference between that yep. and knowing that you're intelligent enough and you have enough skills that if it weren't to work out, like, you're gonna come out and you're right. gonna figure it out, land like, on your feet. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna be okay. Whereas, I've, like, but I've, I do agree, like, to really, like, if you really want to be that guy, that's like, I mean, think how many dudes you've probably met that have been up and down in the independent league that are, are like career minor league dudes, and they've mm-hmm. been doing it for like, yeah, 17 years. And it's like, those dudes are, like, they're trying. Like, they're really trying mm-hmm. to make it. But it's like, there's, there, you got to have, like, unless you're that guy that's coming out and you just, like, got that. You got that thing that is, like, the real thing, like, that I think we can all agree on is the guys who make it to the bigs just, there's something, they're just a different cat. Like, genetically, they're just, like, well, let's they not are, pretend there isn't an element of luck right, there exactly. too, as well, yeah, right? There's, Especially there's depending on which yeah. organization you end up in, right? And who you know, and like, there's there's a lot that goes into it, right? But uh, that there, look, look, guys, we have a there's a delivery coming in. Nice. What are the, what are the odds this guy knocks on the office door? No, just put just it down right, right there. there. Nope, nope. nope. Okay. Either yeah. way, um, yeah, but he's the, gonna uh, knock on the door. He's gonna yeah. do it. Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> nope. No, just put it down there. Yeah, awesome. Put it down there. It's good. Thanks, man. Yeah. Good yeah. there. Thanks, brother. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the... Uh, that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. People come in that front door, they look through the window, and they make eye contact, and they're like, what do I do with this box? Right there's and good. Like, uh, just put it down. Just you got it down, in. Man. You got I it see in. You, you, did you your see job. me. Yeah. You see me seeing you. Put the box I down. Put it down. It. Yeah. But there's... I think that that... The idea that, like, you already had a finance degree. Yeah. Like, you knew you could come out, like, this doesn't work out, like... Who cares? Like, I'm going to ride this ship till I feel like my return is not high enough anymore, and I'll just get out while I feel like I'm in a good spot, right? Right. But you're right, Zach. There is, like, if you don't have that thing and you're just, like, hanging on, like, you might make it. You, you might. But the chances are you might not, mm-hmm. you know? But the I think the cool thing is that you made it from you were a guy who was, like, hurt like you didn't have the big like college accolades coming out of coming out of high school right and you still you, you're playing professional you're getting paid to play, to play baseball yeah which is like not a lot of people get to say that mm-hmm. like regardless of the level it is yeah well I, I i use ryan as an example sometimes when i'm i'm talking to high school kids about this journey because i i tell them to be very careful about the hype show of <clears throat> things like pbr and the rankings I hate and PBR so much. The, uh, <laughs> the 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 you know shout out to PBR. You're getting ranked in high school, or you you are you know getting rated or graded. You know it's kind of it's starting to be a lot like the football recruiting thing with the stars. I mean mm-hmm. they're not literally going to four or five star things in baseball yet, but I it wouldn't it's shock coming. me if it wouldn't shock me if they do. But I tell them, you know, Brian went to Eden Prairie High School. I went to Chanhassen High School. We played against each other in high school. We don't remember each other, yeah. right? We, we don't remember playing against each other. And we both played college baseball. He's playing professional baseball. We, like, the fact that we, neither of us are that memorable to each other from high school really goes to show that you can have objective success in this game without being hyped up as a high school kid, yep. right? It doesn't mean, if you're not being hyped up as a high school kid by a bunch of, 
adults or a bunch of other kids for that matter, it's okay. You can still be successful. You just have to work on your game and find what your strengths are and find a situation like you did at St. Thomas that can yeah. be that can be really good, you know? And you know, I think that that is a really important lesson for everybody to learn it, along the way, you know, and it you carry that lesson into a career, right? For like sure. if you want to go into something like finance or uh, sales in a corporate world, it, there is a such a thing as like the young guns that are hyped up and mm-hmm. they're like, you know, I mean, that's a thing. I know, I know a few guys that are working for some big corporations <coughs> and you know, they want, they're young and they're trying to make it. And it's, it's kind of, interesting to hear them talk about it and how similar it is to the world of athletics and how you're trying to get ahead and you're trying to compete on your skill sets and there's an element of luck involved you just got to know the right people sometimes or be in the right organization where there's not a lot of talent in front of you you know i mean there's there's think think about how many guys we've seen do that like they get they get that call to like double a and then like the right dudes get hurt yeah i mean and then boom they're uh, in the show yeah yeah, yeah. You're, you're two dudes. You're always like, once you make it to a certain level, you're two dudes away. Yeah, I, I mean, I had a college teammate get signed to the Dodgers organization as a pitcher, and we were like, yay! And then we were like, oh wait, <laughs> like Dodgers. <laughs> He's got three hundred and seventy-five yeah. million dollars in front yeah. of him. Yep. He's got to get traded, man. Well, exactly. same thing. You, you might have met uh, Andrew Tomei. Played with me at UND. He's yeah, a, played with him at yeah. UST. Yeah, he's or at uh, St. Paul. St. Paul. And, UST. And, like he's a. Like, he's a dude. Like, brought the absolute juice from the right side, and he's enormous. And, I mean, he was up to, like, 99-100 with the Astros. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're never going to make it, man. Yeah. He was in AAA for two years, and he was like, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah, and it was, like, same thing. We had another guy playing with Zach Muckenhern's a Minnesota guy. Um, same thing, 98-99 from the left side. He was with the White Sox, the Orioles the Astros for a short bit and now he's with the Mets and he's kind of like I might get a shot mm-hmm. he's like the Mets because the Mets lost Diaz the back mm-hmm. end guy <clears throat> they lost two of their like dogs on the front end right I mean they have like you know they got some dudes still obviously right but like for him he's a bullpen dude he's like I might get lucky mm-hmm. but the the point you're making of like that obscurity thing is like baseball there are so many players that it's like you're not going to remember everybody even yeah. if they're like the dude, like you're not gonna remember them. Mm-hmm. Like I knew no one I was playing against in high school besides um, Adam Bray, Lance Slavov, and Tyler Rumley, the three Eden Prairie dudes, because I'd, I'd known them, like I played with them in the past. I knew no one else, not yeah. a single guy, right? My senior year or my junior year, I had no idea who anyone was. Yeah, that's how it goes. The people yeah. I played against that I really remember, it's like I knew, I remember kids because they like went to my church yeah you know exactly. or something yeah. you know it's yeah. like it, it, I, I met them hitting on a field one yeah. time people that yeah. you actually know mm-hmm. you know yeah. so i mean that, that definitely makes a difference mm-hmm. so, it, so so you get to the saints and mm-hmm. let me ask you this i i've always wondered this and i've never really actually i think i know but i've never 100 percent known and I'm, i imagine somebody who might be listening to this is probably wondering when you're in an independent professional league how do you get paid? Do you get paid just during the season? Mm-hmm. And is while you're during your season, do you consider that enough to live on? <laughs> He's smiling. Uh, <laughs> He's laughing. Yeah, yeah, it's a chuckle. Um, so you you only get paid during the season. Uh, it's like any other job. We get paid um, biweekly, and um, 
Do you negotiate your contract, or is it a is it a standard? Or uh, when I was with the Saints, I did not negotiate my contract because I was so young. I was like, I, it, the fact that you even want to sign me to this team where you get like ten thousand fans every night, I am in because I that came sounds, from. Sounds I would have done the same I thing. From, I, yeah. I came from St. <laughs> Thomas, and I was playing in front of like fifty parents, and then I, the, the next week I was playing in front of ten thousand. So sick. Um, I would, like ha even, I would have even so then, much poop in my pants. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, I'll do it for free. Yeah. <laughs> I probably would have that year. Um, even then, like especially young guys, there's like a there's like a minimum contract that most young guys come in at. Um, and I didn't know that at the time. I was just gonna take whatever. Um, so at that point, I I didn't negotiate. I have since with other contracts, but um, not originally. Um, in terms of living. <laughs> It, you're not going to get super rich playing minor league baseball of any kind. Even if you're at at Triple A, yeah. um, yeah, you're making paid. you're making some money, but you're you're not getting rich. Um, so unless you're in the big leagues, don't don't plan on making a ton of money. I guess <laughs> it it depends on how you live. I guess like you can make it buy, especially in season. They're not paying you a lot, but they're you also have no expenses because they're putting you up somewhere to live. They feed you uh, twice a day. Um, so you really don't have like expenses if, if you're smart about it. So if you're living right, you're you're doing okay. Says the finance guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you had to figure out. I mean, <laughs> I've I've struggled with it before. I've I've been in some like you know steep places where I was like I don't really have much right now. Mm -hmm. um, so it depends on how you handle it. But um, and then in the off season, if you're if you're willing to train and work, you can kind of give yourself a little cushion for a lot of the season. Um, so if you do it right, you'll be fine, but you're not going to get rich, is what I would mm -hmm. say. Do you get, <coughs> do you get like postseason incentives? Um, we get if you make it to the championship in our league, there's like a small playoff bonus. It might as well be zero, but yeah. So just <laughs> you, for perspective, you get, a, you get a pizza party. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So for perspective, like we all we all in this room kind of have a good perspective of like what it is, the number. But let's just put it out there for these young guys to just so they can understand like. This is part of why we wanted to bring you on, like start bringing on dudes who've played at different levels. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> you know, you, you think you make it and it's like, yeah. But you just give a, give these guys an idea of like, okay, what was the bi-weekly number when you were with the Saints when you started? Okay. Um, when I started, and the, the minimum has gone up since, when I started every two weeks, I was getting probably around... Five hundred bucks. It's a thousand dollars a month, kids. And that's from yeah. about early. It's from the beginning of May, approximately the beginning of May through about the what is it? End of September, if I remember right. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you've yeah. got May, June, July, August, September. That's five months. So you're making about my college math class tells me that that's approximately five thousand dollars for the season. Yeah. Roughly, so the, if the you're, contract if you're a young the, guy coming in. Yeah, the contract itself, the minimum salary at the time was was twelve hundred a month. Take out some taxes, so it might have been a little under five hundred. But um, like I said, you you don't have expenses. Um, so you can put so it a depends, lot of it in your pocket. You right. So it depends what you're doing with that five hundred <laughs> every two weeks. Are you like the honestly the hard part is when you go on the road, you. Like, you're on your own. They're, it's not like team activities and stuff like this. Like, you're on your <laughs> own. So when we go to these towns, it's not – a lot of the towns we go to are not, like, touristy. So it's like, what what should we do today? For example, when we go to Fargo, the hotel that we stay in, 
there's a mall across the street. So it's like, let's go waste our time in the mall so we're not just sitting in this dark hotel room. But then you're in a mall. Yeah. And you're like, well, I'll get some food. And then now what? Okay, well, we'll just go in this shop. We'll go to Shields today. And it's like, all of a sudden, you're fucking your two-week paycheck whatever is <laughs> gone. almost gone or whatever <laughs> it is so i mean i've i don't get me wrong i've done that so it, it's fine you figure it out but um you you got to figure out how you're gonna live and you got to be smart about it basically yeah and how do you so how do you carry that psychology into your off seasons when you're trying to make sure that you're training for your next <laughs> yeah. season and you're trying to make sure you're still moving your game forward yeah. But you know you got to get a little money in your pocket so you have some savings. And uh, I know that you are working something that's kind of within your degree, sure. which so it could be a long-term career for you after baseball ends, whenever baseball does eventually end. Mm-hmm. How do you manage the psychology of that? Because I know that there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of athletes, because of what we're talking about, they, they really feel comfortable in like that entrepreneurial mindset in, in the sense that, you work really hard in the present t- day in the hopes of a future big payoff reward, right? You, yeah, yeah. You're willing to work really hard for not a lot, of, uh, not a lot in return immediately, right? You, you, the delayed gratification, athletes are ten, tend to be pretty comfortable with that because that's what your whole career is, right? <laughs> you're, working, you're working really hard in the hopes to make it. If you want to be, if you want to be good at it, whatever making it is to you. Right. And so when you, I know a lot of guys, they get into their career and they're totally fine with that. They'll work, you know, really hard for next to nothing, hoping that they can get a big payoff later. Right. You know, and, and so I have to imagine juggling what you could see as a long-term career and your current career is kind of hard because you want to go mentally all in on the other thing when you're doing it because that's how you're wired so how do you how do you keep yourself from slipping off the edge of the pool and going all in on the other thing yeah plug plug for max strength if you need a pitching lesson ryan zimmerman ryan zimmerman does work here during the off seasons he's fantastic yeah he's got two jobs Uh, he's got he's got five jobs if you ask him (laughs) yeah but either way okay go ahead appreciate that um so this is this is like uh the one of the hardest parts of the whole thing is figuring that that stuff out because once you're like when you're growing up you it's just school and and sports or whatever activities you're doing like you don't really have responsibility like you're in school whatever like you have these things that you have to do you don't school. have these outside like i don't know you've you don't have things, everybody you don't have things that are drawing it like zach said like i we talk about this all the time and you probably have started to pick up on this is like your energy and your time is so finite. Like yeah. oh. you only have so much time and right. energy. And it's like when you're a kid, your energy is focused on like the energy one thing. One. Realistically, yeah. you're like, I'm just going to play sports and like, I'll just like high school's not hard. I'll just do school. Same yeah. like you get to college and you realize like college isn't really that hard and you just do college yeah. Yeah. and you're just doing sports. But yeah, c- yeah, continue. Yeah. So yeah. So everybody's going to have this moment where you um, finish school you finish college or if college isn't for you whatever it is you get to that point where they basically you finish school and they basically kick you out and you have this moment of like wait nobody's gonna tell me where i need to be at what time anymore That's like so good way I, to put it they're you know gonna what kick I mean? you out they, yeah. they literally like <laughs> you're done one one day you're in the school and then you finish your last class you walk across the stage and then 
you leave and you literally never go back ever again and they literally kick you off campus I've never and, thought about it that way. That's and so you're good. like you're yeah. like shit. Like nobody's in charge of me yeah. anymore besides myself. Like yeah. it's all up to me. I have to figure it out. And so, when you choose to do this baseball thing along with grown up things, like you just have to figure it out. So each each off season, I've done different things every year. I've like worked in finance. Thankfully, I've had that job kind of waiting for me every year whenever I have needed it. I've done a bunch of coaching, um, I've worked retail, all this different stuff, I've dr uh, driven DoorDash and all that stuff, basically anything. So it's like the money side of it or the work side of it has always just been like out of necessity where you're like, if I don't do this, I don't know where I'm going <laughs> to pay for things next month. Yep. <laughs> so like when, when things become a necessity, it's just something that you have to do and then you're, the rest of your day like you get to decide what you do with the rest of your day so you do the things that you have to do and then you decide like what do you want out of life so if if like for me i still want to play baseball so after i do the necessity things i'm like i have to go train because i want to play this year and i have a contract and i want to keep going so you just get to that point where you you get to choose what you want to do in life and then you, like like you said you only have so much time and energy yeah so it all all that all that time and energy goes real quick you make yeah. your decisions and then there's there's not much else so yeah the necessity thing like you just do what you can to make some money and save it and then train as train as much as you can really to that point like that drives me nuts when we get high school dudes in here that say like they don't have time mm -hmm. <laughs> and i'm like eat my shorts pal yeah. i was like like yeah. you and i like we're all i would argue pretty good examples of this right like yeah for me, like I still play baseball because I enjoy it, and I enjoy like the the process of training. Like yeah. I enjoy being part of it, and I and I refuse. Like I'm kind of like you. Like if I'm gonna do something, I'm not gonna suck at it. Yeah. Like I'm gonna do it to the best of my ability relative to what I can do, right? And it's like, I run a business, I work here, I still train, mm -hmm. I play baseball. I'm married, I got two dogs, I own a house, but it's like you do have to pick. Mm -hmm. your battles like you gotta pick what you want yeah like yeah. some of my training days i'm literally throwing into a mat at my clinic like yeah. five five feet the other day i'm throwing into the back of one of the squat racks because i was like i just got to yeah. get my work in like i got 40 minutes i gotta do it right now yeah. otherwise i'm not gonna do it yeah. yeah i mean zach zach's had me heard me this year come in because we're working together this year it's been awesome by the way for everybody that's wondering <laughs> um but he's I, he's heard me come in multiple times and just be like, you know what, dude? Today fucking sucks. Like yeah. I don't I don't want to do it. All I want to do is go home and sit on the couch and have some pizza and watch a movie and go to bed <laughs> at like four o'clock in the afternoon. Like yep. I don't want to fucking do anything today. Mm -hmm. But like, you, I made that decision. Like I I just I signed a contract. I yep. my like constant reminder is how upset I get when I do bad in the season yes. and so I try to remind myself of that feeling like do you really want to do you really want to not work hard because you're gonna have that feeling and you'll then think back it's gonna to suck. today and you'll be like yeah mm -hmm. I sucked three months from now because yeah. I took fucking today off yeah yeah so yeah. like I, I enjoy I really enjoy like the throwing off speed or off season side of things and like tweaking things and putting myself in good positions but I, I don't always like the training side of things but like that's what I have to do and I like how it feels after and yep. I like how I feel when I'm doing well in baseball so yep. I'm gonna do it yep. basically yeah one thing that I, w one thing that I 
also found interesting is watching you manage. You, you just got engaged this year. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, Congratulations, by the Thanks. way. Thanks. Appreciate right. it. Zach also got engaged. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and so that's, that's, it's been fun for me to watch you navigate that while I navigate that, but we all, we have kind of different careers and different lifestyles going along with it. But there's definitely some similarities, right? Like I'm building a business and so I'm gone a lot. I'm, you know, I, I work almost every single day and that's something that I have to kind of juggle and you're juggling something similar. You know, you want to, that, that relationship really means something to you and it matters and you're trying to make sure that everybody is happy and, and, and that you're happy too, right? Like I, I think a lot of, there's a lot of guys out there that, that do the tough guy thing. Like, yeah, I got to keep the old ball and chain happy. You know, I got to spend, I guess I got to spend time with her. Like you want to, you want to spend time with her motherfucker. You yeah. want to cuddle. Shut up. You yeah. know, yeah. Like you Shut up. don't pretend you don't go home. <laughs> And, and you're like, man, I'm happy your, to see that lady. Yeah. You get your blanket and you sit on the couch and you say, hey, you want to watch Vanderpump? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> Hold my hand. Hold my hand, yeah. will you? Yeah. Yeah. So like, it, it that's that's a reality, right? And you know, um, that's that's something that I've I've found interesting watching you you figure out how to manage that in this. Yeah. And and she's obviously very supportive of you. She you told me that she's gonna come and and live with you this season because she's able to do that with her job. Yeah. And so that's, that's really cool. Obviously like that's a nice situation that you can have that work out. But I, I have to think that when guys have kids or they get married, that's sometimes a draw away from the game because again, it's not because that person is pulling them away. It's because there's something else that happens in their life that starts to matter to them. Yeah almost as much or as much or even more than what they were doing before. It's another time demand. Yeah. It's another energy demand. Yeah. And yeah. it's and it's something that you want to do and you find yourself preferring it, you know? And yeah. that's and I think that's interesting. And so I one thing I think guys got to do is they got to kind of forgive themselves for that, but they do have to make sure that they don't have too many things they care about because <laughs> if they if they have 10 <laughs> if they have 10 things they care about, then they're going to get spread really really thin. Yeah. So picking your battles is is uh, important for sure, right? Because mm-hmm. you only have so many, you have so many years in your life where you can be like one thing or two things. Yeah. Because eventually you're gonna be uh, twelve uh, things. Uh, yeah. Eventually yeah. you're gonna be a husband and a father yeah. and a coach or and a th- you know like you're gonna be a bunch of things. You're gonna be your job. You're gonna be your family. You know whatever you are to your family. You're gonna be whatever you are to your friends, if you have any friends. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Okay. yeah. You can be less and less selfish. Yeah. yeah. The older you get, the the less everything is revolved around you. Like uh, every time you add something into your life, it's taking away from what you're doing or what you want. I was literally, I thought about this a long time ago. I was like right when I first met Megan and I like looked at her dad and he's an amazing dude, but I'm like, man, this dude just got a bunch of stuff he takes care of. Like as you get older, you just accumulate more things that you have to take care of. And then I like, we had Megan's dog and then we got another dog. I was like, why the fuck did we get another dog? <laughs> like this is another thing I have to be responsible for on yeah. top of me and my wife and mm-hmm. my business and my house. And it's yeah. like, and but you're like that's it, it all goes back to that like if you're i think like one thing that i've learned from zimmy just talking today is like if you're going to choose something you have to choose it right you can't you can't half choose it you know especially in sport like high level sport like you i would can't, say in anything well in, if you want to be truly good at right it, in if, the if in the like professional world or the grown-up world or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it like, if you give something half-ass effort, mm. you it'll whatever it is, it'll chew you up and spit you out. Like 100%. you're n- you're not gonna get anything rewarding out of it. Mm-hmm. You're gonna if you 
enjoyed that thing and you really wanted it to happen, you'll probably look back with regret. Like, yeah, I mean, you, I don't know. You just get to that point where you decide what you want and then yeah. you, you say like, all right, I'm just gonna see it through. Uh -huh. When it's done, it's done, but at least I, I gave at least it. I did it yeah. and at least I gave it what I had. Yeah, I think that's like, it gives you peace of mind for sure. Right. That's like my biggest internal struggle is like, I run, you know, like Megan and I have our business and I love like what we do. I also love like coaching pitching. So I have like mm -hmm. two things that there's a point in the year where I'm whole assing two things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's where it's like, those times are like, that's when I'm the most like, my energy is like the most finite. Mm -hmm. And then on, but either way, um, the, the biggest thing I think that like, I would hope that other young guys have learned from this is that is that point exactly is like if you're going to do something it doesn't matter <clears throat> what level of high school you played at what level of college you played at you need to play and then you need to consciously make the decision am i going to be good at this yeah am i am i going to give it the time and respect it deserves to actually be good at this or am i going to fuck around and do it because my buddies do it and then just pray that I'm good at it. And then you show up and you're dog shit. And you know whose fault that is? Yours. Yeah. The environment you've created for yourself is 100% yours. Yeah. We, no matter who you have around you, if you don't decide, decide to show up and train on the days where you feel like butt cheeks, and you don't decide to go to your job and give them 100%, like you're gonna be bad at it. You're, you're gonna suffer and you're gonna look back and you're gonna go, man, that was awful. Yeah, but I wasted five years right. doing that. It's, is like a great the biggest point. thing. Yeah, I we, I forgot to cover something. I, I this is gonna feel like a huge backtrack, but I wanted to ask you about. Let's let's talk baseball for a minute. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, we're gonna break this into a two parter. By uh, for you guys listening online, I um, I wanted to ask what your thoughts were on what pieces of your game have been the biggest the most responsible for your success thus far, right? Mm -hmm. And and why? And then also, what pieces of your game have been um, maybe responsible for success that you didn't expect? Like, were, were there anything, was there anything that you thought was a weakness that ended up becoming a strength over yeah. the years? Um, well, I'll start with that one. Um, I mean, I guess it's gone both ways. My, my size has always been the the, like knock on me since I was in high school like hey you're you're undersized you're um short or underweight in high school um or whatever it was I was really skinny in high school you're just a little guy oh my god I was, I was so <laughs> oh, okay for reference for these people yeah sure because they can't see you how, how tall and how much did you weigh in high school I was probably uh five eight to five ten five nine uh and i was probably 165 maybe just a, little, just a little guy i was a really small kid um so anyways yeah that was that was my knock um and going back to like rankings and stuff like that like i was always overlooked because of that and i think that like my view of myself didn't match what other people were telling me what i was like I was, I to my in my head I was like, well I'm good, so I don't really care. <laughs> like I get guys out or I get hits or whatever it is, so I don't really care if I'm small. And why, like why do you if I'm having success? 
Um, so I would say like the aspect that has made me go this far is probably just like the self-confidence thing where I was like, well, I know I'm good, so I'm just, I'll go do it. Um, and it was the same thing in high school. Once I got there, it was the same thing in college. Once I got there, I was like, well, they recruited me and they told me I was good and I think I'm good. So I don't really care what size I am. I must, just, I must be good. I'll just go be good. <laughs> and then these teams in pro ball, they called me and I went and threw for them and they were like, we like you, we're going to sign you. So I was like, well, they like me and they told me I was good. So I must be good. And I think I'm good. So I'm going to go be good. Mm -hmm. So it's this like belief in yourself, like no matter what you've heard before, no matter what they're telling you. And it, I mean, it's still happening in pro ball, like where scouts are like, hey, we need to see this. We need to see this, like things that you're not doing. And I'm like, well, I'm going to work on it, but also I'm doing well and I know that I'm good. So I'm going to keep being good. And you're going to like, <laughs> hopefully eventually you'll give me a call, you know? Um, so I think in terms of long longevity, that's, that's kind of, it's more of a mental thing than a physical thing. Um, in terms of like actual like pitching or whatever, um, I've tried to make a really clean or have clean mechanics and a clean arm action where I think it's given me the ability to, to hang around and not deal with shit and not be hurt, luckily, so far. Yeah. Um, well, it gives you a longer runway to practice more, too. You can yeah. work on your pitches and you can work on, you know, I mean, we had a session not that long ago where we probably threw like 40 or 50 curveballs in one yeah. session because we were tinkering with the grip. And if right. you don't have the the mechanics to handle that, then you're not able to practice that much because you would you would get more right. fatigued and you would break down and you have a much higher risk for injury. So that's you can't you can't just go and bang sixty curveballs in a session if your arm action sucks. Right. That's like the biggest <coughs> that's the biggest thing we try and teach these kids because I look back at like when I got hurt for me, like when I took a big dub so it was exactly that. Mm -hmm. I was not mechanically proficient. So I couldn't practice. Yep. Like I could not practice. Yep. And I, I mean, that's a constant thing. Like I've been tweaking it with it my whole life. I still am. Um, I've made major adjustments even since I got into pro ball. So it, it's not like it ever stops, mm -hmm. but it's just like, um, yeah, just being as clean as possible. And then in the off season, I really, really focus on um, building up my arm. Like I, I will build it up to the, to the max in the off season so that nothing in in the season seems like a lot because especially once you get to pro ball when you're literally playing every day so as a starter now I'm throwing every fifth day for a start so um, in high school and college you get used to the you know six seven days off or whatever it is you get all this rest and then you get to pro ball and they're like you have four days off and then you're throwing again <laughs> and some days they bump you up and they're like you have three days off and then you're going to throw another 100 pitches or whatever it is um so building up your arm in the off season off season has been the biggest thing so long lots of long toss and lots of like extended bullpens or uh live sessions where it's basically throwing a full game in the off season mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I'd say one other thing about what makes Zim really good is due to his height, um, he, creates, he creates a really deceptive fastball. So he has yeah. a huge amount of vertical break for someone at his height mm -hmm. and has a huge spin rate. Horizontal break, too. Like, yeah. That's yeah. the thing. Is I like, didn't know how in-depth uh, yeah. you guys wanted to go. Well, but in terms of pro ball success, uh, my spin rate or vertical break on fast, fastball and also my uh, breaking ball. So basically, those two playing off each other has been 
basically why I'm still playing pro ball. Yep. Yeah, and, and, and for reference, for a right-hander in professional baseball, you are probably middle of the bell curve on velocity. Right, you throw low 90s. Like you're not a you're not a guy who comes up and runs it up to three digits. Yeah. I think a lot of people sometimes are starting to think that every pro pitcher does that, and it's not the case. Nope. Your fastball has to have life, and sometimes the life is that it's gone before you get a chance to see it. But sometimes the life is that it is taking off in a direction you don't expect it to take off in mm-hmm. as a hitter, and that is definitely what your fastball is. And it's, you know, it, it is vertical break is how the difference between how much gravity affects it in reality and how much gravity would have affected it had it been spinning at a standard I don't I don't actually know what the standard is but it's it's, it's essentially a paper on it it's essentially assuming a certain set of parameters and how much gravity would affect it at that velocity and then it measures how much gravity actually affected it and vertical break is the difference between that so the visual to the hitter is that it rose because they expected it to fall and it yeah. didn't. It's and then horizontal break is the tail, the tail that runs, mm-hmm. and it's usually arm side. It's usually goes, if you're a right-hander, it's going towards a right-handed hitter. And, and Zim's fastball does both of those things. It looks like if you, if you throw a fastball down the middle of the plate to a right-hander, it's going to look like it's rising up towards him, towards yeah. his face. Right. And mm-hmm. so that makes for a very uncomfortable at-bat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. yeah. There was, I literally just read a paper on it, and there's – <clears throat> so once you break a certain amount of spin, so for reference, Ryan's spin is like 24 to 2,500 when he's like fully tipped out. I think we got up. What did we get up to this year? We got a little higher than that. We got, I think. Like 27. Yeah, our, pe- our peak was about. Fastball? Yeah. yeah, we we cracked. Good God. We cracked 27. That's um, insane. So that's, anything. That, so that only happened a couple of times. But, you know, yeah. we've been we've been cruising at 25, 26. It's, it's He can spin it, brother. Yeah. That's bananas. For reference, that's, I mean, that's really good. And like I said. That's, that's a that's, curveball spin. Yeah, that's why. Um my career is still going um so it's not like it's not like an average thing so if no. you're not there like it's don't, elite. <laughs> don't worry yeah. about it like once you get over for reference for everybody else once you get over 2300 spin with a vertical break of of over 18 your perceived velocity is up to plus three yeah, so it, it looks like it's it's getting on you. It looks it, the perception is that it accelerates towards yeah. the plate yeah. because it's not slowing down as much. Mm-hmm. Zim's one of the few guys that I've met that spins it better than me at like low velocities. It's pretty fucking yeah. impressive. Yeah, it's a, uh, that's probably the best. Um, one of the best feelings in in for pitching is um, obviously we have the the radar guns in in our parks or whatever. So blowing a 91, 92. <laughs> mile an hour fastball by a guy and like he's not even close and he, looks at, he looks at the gun and sees 92 and he's like what, what is just going on just, per- just perplexed dude that is the best feeling when it's you just best. like hum diddy a ball right down the can oh. and guys are like what did i just how did i miss that and you're like i'm gonna throw it again here yeah. it comes it's the yeah. best. 90 good luck so i'd say between yeah. i mean this is me, this is my opinion, but I'd say between that and your breaking ball, which is yeah. definitely well above average in yeah. terms of what it looks. I mean, it's it, profile. If you've seen, if you follow me on social media and you've seen me post videos, it looks like it's a wiffle ball. I mean, mm-hmm. it is, it is ridiculous. So, yeah. you know, if you can just have a two pitch mix like that, you're going to have some success. And then you, you have a four pitch mix that you can command in the zone. You have a, a slider and a changeup that are both very good as well. So, you know, it, 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 it really just goes to show that your ability to think your way through at bats and actually pitch and use all those pitches and those tools at your disposal has been an asset for you for sure. Yeah. I would say for young guys, um, 
with the rise of all this analytic stuff and all the stuff that for some of you probably just sounded like absolute gibberish what we were talking about for the last five minutes like coaches in college are looking at that coaches in pro ball are looking at that pro ball has literally just analytics guys that are just looking at those numbers um, the more you can learn that and learn how to get your stuff to higher levels on that stuff it will help you a lot yeah so um, I was gonna say that like it's not like it's an accident that you spin the ball like this like, right intentionally we've been chasing this right yeah. so yeah. look like learn the rap soda numbers learn how to tweak those numbers or tweak your motion to up those numbers and then figure out how to do it consistently because that's what people are looking for yeah if you're a high school kid trying to get recruited there are coaches that if you send them a video of you and you're like hey I throw 85 but I spin it at 2500 mm -hmm. and I got 17 inches of horizontal break that means something to, to those they, coaches not, not every single that. coach in the world yeah. I, I'm sure but there are definitely coaches out there that are gonna see 85 and be like ah yeah whatever mm -hmm. and then there's coaches they're gonna see 85 plus all those other numbers and they're gonna be excited so they're it's like, definitely oh, sick yeah. well yeah. especially to go along with that uh, on the velo side of things like especially in the off season when you're training and don't get me wrong I've struggled with this plenty of this off season <laughs> but don't don't look too much into what the the gun is saying mm -hmm. it doesn't <laughs> Especially in the off season, it doesn't matter. We've like, talked if about you a lot this off season. And oh my god, I've, been, <laughs> I've had a couple of days where I was like, "What is it? Like, what I are quit. We doing? <laughs> what are we doing?" We, um, we've had days where we just turn it off. Yeah. For reference, like it, it, it doesn't matter because we've thrown pens here, and I've been throwing like eighty-six and muscling up maybe eighty-eight, and I've been super frustrated. And then uh, I went to a local college and threw live and was throwing like ninety to ninety-two. So it doesn't. It doesn't matter. No, and you're not always like I made this point. To, this is another good thing for call, uh, high school guys to hear. I hope you're still listening to this. You're not always gonna have the juice. Like you're not like every day. You're not gonna show up and be able to just hum Diddy '97. Like it just <laughs> doesn't work. You you are going to have peaks and valleys. Like you're gonna yeah. have days where you feel like you just got that thing, yeah. and you can just whatever you want to do, you can do. Like but that, that that does not happen. Often, no. like especially once you get further into your playing career. Oh yeah, like you get maybe, I like I can count on two hands in college the amount of days that I had where I was like, I'm the dude today. Yeah. Like I'm the dude. Today. I would say, uh, for me now, like there's probably, if I make, I, I make 20 starts in a year, I would say there's maybe four yeah. where I feel like I have my best stuff. There's maybe, I don't know, 10 where I feel like eh, I'm average. We'll, like, we'll grind it We'll grind today. through it, and like it'll be fine because I know how to pitch. Like At least I still have two pitches or whatever yeah, it is. Right. And then there's six where you feel like absolute dog shit, and you're like, <laughs> this one's going to be a grind, but yeah. like I'm still going to trust myself, and I'm just going to grind through it. Like I know how to pitch. I'm just going to deal with what I have today yep. and just – do what has to be done mm -hmm. so like when the the amount of times you actually feel at your best is so so small that you have to train yourself to like mentally be able to get through all the other times when you don't feel that great mm -hmm. you got any other questions for this guy I got nothing you got <laughs> anything else you got anything else you want to add at? man uh, I don't know just like we've talked about go go where you're gonna play yes remind yourself to have fun and if you're gonna go for baseball or whatever else, whatever else it is in life, it doesn't really matter. If you're gonna go for it, see it through, give it your all, see what happens, and then at least when it's over, 
there's no regrets. Yep. I dig it. Thanks for coming on Zoom. Of course. Appreciate you, pal. Thanks, yeah. boys. Yep. All right. That's Appreciate the end. It. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.